Welcome, everyone, to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to hear the pastors weekly kibitz and talk through the upcoming preaching text. Happy New Year! And I'm here alongside Pastor Eric. Oh, and I'm Pastor Megan. And, and I'm you Pastor, are? I'm Pastor Kevin. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Who are you calling weak, by the way? <laughs> I don't even remember what I just said there. That's bad. <laughs> We gather weekly. Oh, oh, oh. I, I feel like there's a lot of strength. Here. Wow, that was so close to a dad joke, man. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> that was good. actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Spoken like another dad. <laughs> exactly. That is a true Look statement. Look out, Pastor Megan. Oh, <laughs> dad jokes it's galore. coming for me. <laughs> we are so glad to welcome you into 2024 as we begin. Uh, at this wonderful year together. We're so excited about and thankful for the Christmas that we celebrated with Woo! all of you. What an incredible fa-la-la-la-la that was with uh, you good all. Good stuff. Today is the eighth day of Christmas. That's right. There's 12 days in the Christmas oh, season, boy. which is an amazing gift, right? 12 days. So you don't have to take down the tree yet, Mm-mm. but maybe you already have. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no judgment. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Um, this, though, honestly, is among my favorite stories of Scripture uh, that we get to dig into today. We're going to be opening up Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. 15. 15. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to go all the way, me. man. Um, the but time will be fulfilled. The time will be fulfilled. And speaking of time, mm. it's time. It's time. We're continuing our series called It's Time. Pastor Megan, would yes. you give us a little thumbnail about where we've been and what sure. we're doing? Yeah. As you may have noticed, this is the same theme, actually, that we had before Christmas that we had during Advent. But I think it's kind of nice to think of this season as a whole set, right? Thinking about that that hope and promise and expectation that we hear in Advent, you know, moving us into Christmas and sort of the the celebration of the realization of the promise. But then as we move into Epiphany, which we we actually will be this coming Sunday, will actually be the first Sunday after Epiphany, you move into that that season that is talking about, uh, about realization, about proclamation, about sharing the good news of the birth of Christ um, to the whole world, which is kind of the theme at Epiphany, is that, that sense of revealing. So uh, part of it's just the thematic element of these texts. There's a lot of immediacy. There's a lot of uh, anticipation talking about its time in that way, but it's also talking about its time thinking on um, what does that mean for us, right? Like what does it mean for us to live in that sense of um, hope and watchfulness and um, sharing of that good news? So uh, it's time for us to do what, right? It's time for us, based on these stories, uh, what does that call us into? What is God inviting us into in that season? And that, and that means something for us uh, right now. Uh, it's, it's time to do these things. No matter, no matter where you are in your life, no matter who you are, no matter what you're about, it's time. It's great to be able to be reminded of that theme because the theme matters, right? We're trying to tell a larger story. And this whole past kind of into this into this heart of winter here, we've been hearing all sorts of different stories, particularly from the Old Testament, but now we're really centering ourselves into the Gospels. It's really neat to read Mark because Mark is the oldest of the Gospels. And particularly compelling for me is that Mark is to the point. He's not going to make you guess what he's thinking. You don't have to read Mark's mind. It's right directly in front of you kind of what is being proclaimed. Uh, And if you ever need a reminder of that, go to Mark chapter 1, verse 1, and you can see kind of the terse beginning of the start of the gospel. But it matters too because today's story really centers on baptism. And Lutherans are obsessed 
obsessed with baptism. Most churches are in some fashion, which is why most churches can't agree on baptism. We're very divided across the Christian church about the practice of it. Um, but we also know that Christians didn't come up with baptism. Baptism predates Christianity. Uh, in Jewish traditions, there were lots of experiences of that kind of ritual washing or bathing that were a part of their traditions too. But the way that Jesus reinterpreted them for our sense not only connects it with the forgiveness of sin, which we'll talk about, but also with a with a vocation or a calling. Your baptism gives you a purpose in life and a direction in life. And that's really powerful, um, especially as I think about the young people here at Easter uh, who are trying to figure out what's next, um, and, and even in our lives, right, to recognize that we all have that calling. Um, one particular story I was super curious about, though, too, and I think we did this with, with Deacon Hans when he was on the uh, thing he was, you missed this, Pastor Megan. Deacon Hans was throwing down all these questions at Pastor oh, Eric and I, kind I of trying to corner no us. Less. <laughs> yeah, cornering us. It was great. But one of the things that I think is really important as part of life is to remember our own baptism stories. And so I wanted to ask my other two colleagues here about their own baptism stories because they matter. And one one thing is they're thinking about this now uh, that I always remember was there was a, a lady who lived in Aberdeen, South Dakota, who when I'd visit her at uh, at the nursing home that where she lived, is that every time I walked into her room, she literally had framed above the top of her bed her baptism certificate, oh. Auf Deutsch, because she grew up in a part of, of rural South Dakota where most people grew up speaking fluent German. Wow. Because that's where their families immigrated from. And so the worship was conducted in German. The baptism certificates were in German. She was bilingual. But that was really important was to have this baptism certificate. Mm -hmm. And I was there within hours of her taking her last breath and mm -hmm. just being able to look up and tap that certificate with my mm -hmm. hand and be reminded of how important uh, that was to her mm -hmm. as part of her identity. Yeah. So I'm curious, would one of the two of you want to share yeah, yeah. what you remember about your baptism story? Yeah, well, I was baptized in my parents' home church in Castleton, North Dakota. And uh, the story I've been told is how I was baptized in the basement the summer um, the summer bef after my dad's internship, before he went back for his last year of seminary, they were home. So um, the sanctuary upstairs, upstairs was being remodeled. So I was baptized down in the basement in the fellowship hall. And that's actually a church where I ended up working as a youth director in college. And so I spent a lot of time making pizzas down in that kitchen <laughs> and hanging out, playing sardines down in that fellowship <laughs> hall. And sometimes I would think about, wow, I was baptized right here. Oh my goodness. That's, oh, that's really special. Um, I was only three months old when I was baptized, so I don't remember it. Um, but what I do know is that um, that was the church where my parents were married. Uh, it's the church where my siblings were all baptized as well. It's also where I got my first Bible, took my first communion, where I was confirmed. Uh, it's where my baccalaureate service was. It's where I was married. It's where I was ordained. It's where my own godchildren have been baptized. So there's a lot of, a lot of family history at the front that of that church. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty special. It's amazing to think that our own stories really do shape our identity because of the relationships there and the people who are there. Um, and so just would encourage you to, if you don't know your story, to ask about it, you know, and to find out more details or to tell it if you know of someone else's baptism, whether it's a grandchild or a relative that you were there for that, because they may not remember that. They may not even remember the date. Um, so it's always a good thing to be able to share those things, those little details 
um, because it really does, uh, I, I believe that baptism shapes our identity. And one of the things that we here at Easter um, spend a lot of effort and energy is in our confirmation program where we're trying to help people affirm their baptism. But that's not just for young people. We affirm our baptism every single day. Uh, and I think Luther had some things to say even about... <laughs> I'm trying to softball it <laughs> toss, up here to Pastor Tossing it over, are we here? <laughs> About the import of baptism, but even along those lines of just saying, you know, yeah. by returning to our baptism, that matters. I was thinking about Luther when you were talking about the woman whose baptism certificate was in German, because that was so central to the, you know, evangelical Lutherans, the originals. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I know that Luther... Um, there's a great quote from the large catechism um, where he, you know, he just he just points to his baptism as the source of consolation that I am a child of God. Like no matter what is um, facing you, mm -hmm. if you feel like you're under attack from, you know, even the forces of evil, you can just say, you know, I'm baptized. I belong to God. You can't touch me, you know, so you can draw confidence and strength from that. Yeah. And also, I've uh, I was also thinking about that certificate story you told because um, really our baptis baptismal certificates in I've I've said at other times it's like your ordination certificate it's like you know I know another story where this pastor had his ordination certificate on the wall and the office manager came in and said I have one of those too and showed him the her bap her baptism certificate because it's in your baptism that you become. Uh, it's the priesthood of all believers. And so it's the source of your calling as a Christian in the world. Mm -hmm. There's so many places that your three pastors will never get to go, but you do every single day because it's your job, it's your calling, it's your vocation, it's the places you be. And, and, and I just think about that all, all the time, about how, how powerful that is to recognize that you're the church wherever you are. Um, and, you know, this is just another invitation to you is that if you haven't been baptized, if you know somebody who is an adult who hasn't been baptized, even though we primarily practice baptism for young people, we baptize anybody. And that's the beautiful, generous orthodoxy, I think, of the Lutheran Church is to say, you're not going to miss out on this. You know, that matters. Yeah, I, I tell people there's no expiration date on uh, yeah. getting baptized. Um, that Because of our theology, we typically baptize as, as early as possible in someone's life. But as early as possible in someone's life might be when they're, you know, 47. Um, that's That promise is, is still there for you. It only needs to happen once. Um, God was present at that baptism whenever it happened for you under whatever circumstances it was true and real it doesn't need to be redone in our theology um, but it doesn't matter if you were four days old or 104 years old it just it's it's still good that promise is still for you there's so much good stuff we could obviously talk about this let's talk Ooh. about the text though Ooh. otherwise we're gonna run out of time oh my goodness <laughs> pastor megan would you read for us i would love to so we're reading out of the book of mark and uh unlike the other gospels which have all sorts of lovely intros and setting the tone uh mark just gets right at it so this is mark chapter one starting with verse nine in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth, Nazareth of Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. 
and the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. And there is so much moving. Oh my gosh, (laughs) Jesus is jumping from one place to the next. And it's almost like Mark doesn't know how to write with punctuation or how to breathe in between lines. It's just, it's just, it's just going. (laughs) It just keeps moving. It just keeps moving. The last, the last story. And if you're paying attention at home here, one of the beautiful things about how we're ordering these readings is that each week we're taking a small little bit of Mark. And so we're literally kind of taking it, we're reading it almost verse by verse through the first chapter of Mark right here and how powerful that is. So last week we heard more about John the Baptist. We heard more about who he was introducing him and his kind of claim that there is one more powerful than I. Well, that one more powerful than him has arrived. That's Jesus coming on the scene here. And the first scene is Jesus himself being baptized. Oftentimes Mm. I don't think a lot about that. Yeah, right. Jesus being baptized, Mm -hmm. like He's the son of God. Why does he need to be baptized? <laughs> well, that's an interesting point because Ooh. the very thesis of this gospel, verse 1, is um, the, the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the gospel goes on to, to, to show how Jesus is the son of God. So in that sense, we really have that with our reading today. Yeah. Exactly. Pretty literally spoken. Literally yeah. says, you are <laughs> right. my son. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much right there. And that's, and that's so great because literally as he's coming up out of the water, right, we have these these kind of prophetic kind of experiences, right? The heavens torn apart. I'm still not sure exactly what that means. Yeah, right. Um, but then the spirit descending like a dove. So kind of this gentle and this violent kind of thing all at once. You know, all, everything's happening at once. But to me, like that the heart of this, this, this passage is this verse 11 uh, and a voice from heaven which we don't know who that is. It does not say. It's not identified. We fill in the blank. I fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Often that must be the Lord's voice, right? But we hear this voice, and the voice has three things to say. And I break it up like that because I think it's just important that we hear that, right? You are my son, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. And I love that the first part is about identity, right? Your family. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're connected to God. Um, the beloved meaning there's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from God's love. And then with you who I'm well pleased, like who doesn't need to hear that after a long year <laughs> mm. or a long whatever, or maybe you've been doing a lot of caregiving mm-hmm. for a family member who's struggling with something going on. You know, I mean, but I believe that there's something that what was spoken over Jesus is also spoken over us in our lives. Yes. And there's something important about that. I don't know. I mean, well, cause Jesus didn't, need to be baptized in the sense that we do we, you know we need we need to be claimed as God's children and forgiven of our sins but Jesus was without sin and you know he was God's son I mean that was prophecy fulfilled so he didn't need to be baptized the way we do but he but he did this to have the full human experience that we have in life 
And there's all, there's some proclamation going on in there, right? Like it doesn't necessarily say who heard that voice coming from heaven, but you know, if you listen to some of the other gospels, there's a little bit of, you know, did it, was it just Jesus who heard it? Was the whole crowd who heard it? I, I like when the gospel writers talk about it being something that the whole crowd heard, because mm-hmm. I like that act of, of proclamation of declaration. Like this is who this guy is, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is, you, you can trust him. You can know him in this way. Um, I just, I think it's a, it's a really beautiful declaration. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's been in customer service of some variety along the way to, you know, when someone comes to try to argue with you about something, <laughs> well, this is, there's no arguing about any of this. This is like Pastor Megan said, it's proclamation. It's a direct thing. You are my son. There's no, there's no arguing. There's no uh, talking down the price. <laughs> there's no returns on yeah. this promise, right? Um, you're the beloved. Okay, there's nothing, I mean, as much as I try to act a certain way, right, I'm not always the best. And so, and the same thing with, with whom I am well pleased. Like, there's so many things that we try to say, oh, that's not me. Or we try to have this kind of false humility or this kind of like, oh, you don't say that about me. But at some level, we need to hear that at the core of our being. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it. But this is the funny part, and I want to catch this before we're out of here. What does verse 12 then do, though? You have all these nice things said about you. <laughs> you're loved. You're you're my kid. I love you, and you're so sweet and great, and I'm going to kick you out <laughs> into the wilderness where you're going to be hungry, and there's going to be wild animals chasing you. Isn't that nice? Seriously, Mark's favorite word is immediately. Immediately. And so verse 12 gets into that. But literally, what, what do you... What do you two see as what's going on here in verse 12? I mean, he was just baptized. Just let the let the son of God just be alone <laughs> and just enjoy the baptism. But that's not that's not true for any of us at our baptism, right? Like we get baptized and like literally 10 minutes later, you know, the family's fighting. Yeah. And, you know, if you've heard any of these other baptism stories, which I love hearing baptism stories, like there's one that I've heard where, you know, the the baby in her beautiful antique multi-generational baptismal dress not only totally messed up her dress but messed up her godmother who was holding her and like oh. horrifying oh, like wow. pocket filling situation yes. i'm trying to avoid specific words to, uh, so Thank uh, you. but nonetheless just a hot mess right yeah. like but this is what life is you don't get to sit and bask in this beautiful perfection you go out into the world you go out into the wilderness there are wild beasts and temptation and like that's just that is real that is what life actually is and so if you know pastor kevin to take your point if if this is not just about jesus being the son the beloved with whom god is well pleased if this is a call to us you know, we are God's own child. We are beloved by God. God loves and cares about us. That remains true, um, man, even when everything is a disaster and everything is falling apart and you don't even know where you are and it feels like God has just left you out in the wilderness. It's still true. God still loves you. It is still a hundred percent what God calls you, even when it feels completely otherwise. Um, I mean, how many days are we into the new year? Uh, how many of you have already broken your new year's resolutions, right? Um, it's, it's, it's okay. Like your, your, your worth is not based on that. Your worth, even when you're out in the wilderness and everything is wildness, your worth is, is in God's love for you. And I think that's a really important point to say it again. Your worth is in God's love for you, not in something else. And I hope that 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 is something that you take with you into this new year. We're so glad that you're able to join us for today's Carry On Cast, which is the podcast where we continue to grow in faith and... 
carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Have a great week, everybody.